This is Epicenter, episode 199 with guest Peter Chaban. This episode of Epicenter is brought to you by Ledger and the Ledger Nano S. Have peace of mind in knowing your private keys are protected by industry standard physical security. Go to ledgerwallet.com to learn more. And by Shapeshift.io, the easiest, fastest, and most secure way to swap your digital assets. Don't run the risk of leaving your funds on a centralized exchange. Visit Shapeshift.io to get started. Hi, welcome to Epicenter, the show which talks about the technologies, projects, and startups driving decentralization and the global blockchain revolution. My name is Sebastian Couture. And I'm Meher Roy. Today we are talking to Peter Chaban, co-founder of the Polkadot project. Polkadot is an interesting project that is uh, pioneering how an internet of blockchains would work or how many blockchains would work together. Peter, we are, we are pleased to welcome you on the show. Hi guys, nice to be on so before we start talking about Polkadot, tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be interested in this space. Um, so I've been um, interested uh, in this space uh, since the university time. Uh, I, um, I've uh, first, uh, I mostly um, did some algorithmic, algorithmic trading of Bitcoin because uh, I was uh, uh, mostly interested in machine learning. Uh, but then I noticed all the different uh, currencies popping up, such as Peercoin and uh, Primecoin and so on. And then I got uh, a little bit more into the into the space, uh, being interested in the uh, uh, protocols. Uh, um, went to a number of Ethereum meetups in London, and then after university, um, kind of decided to go more into the space and uh, joined uh, Parity Technologies. Um, yeah, to build some some protocols and um, decentralized stuff. And at Parity, I've been uh, mostly working on the consensus uh, um, uh, algorithms and um, and generally contributing to uh, to the Parity code base. So, can you tell us a bit about? Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure most listeners will have heard of Parity, and uh, some may even uh, downloaded the the Parity. Uh, the Parity uh, wallet. Uh, can you tell us a bit about Parity? You know what uh, what what you do at Parity, and you know what is the the goal of the company? Yeah, so um, we make uh, one of the most used uh, Ethereum clients, uh, and um, which is um, we we try to make it as uh, performant and as usable as possible. Um, but in general, we also build uh, other decentralized uh, technologies such as. Uh, uh, Whisper, and uh, and now we are getting involved in uh, in other projects such as Polkadot, uh, and then uh, building also enterprise uh, type Ethereum applications with proof of authority, uh, and in general building technologies that will enable uh, people to build decentralized applications. Fantastic, and. Um... So the team, uh, it's generally based in London or are you sort of spread out across the world? How does, what does the team look like? So the team is pretty spread out. We have some people, uh, most people uh, in Berlin, uh, but uh, 
I'm based in London and uh, we have a number of people in different places, but mostly coalescing around Berlin. Cool. So let's let's jump into Polkadot. Tell us about, uh, give, us a, give us a high level overview of the Polkadot project and what shortcomings you saw in the community that led to it. Uh, is being uh, supported now by uh, by the Web3 Foundation, uh, which um, hopefully we'll uh, get to talk more about uh, uh, a bit later. Um, but basically, uh, we uh, we notice uh, an, a, a particular phenomenon in the in the in the blockchain space. We saw that there uh, have been a number of different blockchains uh, starting to appear, both in the public space and and consortium private blockchains. So the reason for, for most public blockchains uh, is that they want to introduce some kind of a new feature. So um, Zcash wanted to introduce a new type of cryptography in order to enable uh, privacy, or um, Tezos wants to make a new blockchain to make formal verification easier. And, um, and let's say Waves may make, has, has a blockchain that makes uh, handling tokens very, uh, very easy. Uh, so, so in in a public space is mostly driven by functionality. Then, then in the in the private space, it's mostly driven. So, different consortia, banks, and so on, want to make their own blockchains uh, because, for instance, uh, transaction fees are too high on the on the public network. Uh, uh, some of the clients uh, that uh, we had at Parity uh, couldn't run run stuff on the public network because they were limited by the fees. Um, uh, the, the throughput of the network is not there sometimes, uh, and also also some privacy features which uh, potentially could be there on the public chain but are not there yet. Uh, but they need it right now. So, but there there are, there are two main issues with this um, sort of approach uh, of, of of adding new chains. First of all, um, all those different chains. Uh, you cannot communicate with each other. So at first, you know, we thought that that the blockchain, a blockchain maybe, or uh, or blockchains could could connect everyone together and then enable them in, to interact in a trustless manner. But now, when we start building those uh, blockchains and we don't have a trustless uh, way to to make them interact, then uh, then it defeats the purpose. And second of all. Um, the the sec- each blockchain has to be secured separately. So. Uh, we have uh, with with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is extremely secure, but now if we want to add another chain that has different features, then we need to gather a new set of miners or a new set of staking parties, if it's proof of stake, uh, to secure that chain, because otherwise it will be well less secure than the existing ones. So those are the kind of two main motivation: the the the, the in lack of interaction and and this sort of dispersed security. So Polkadot aims to solve those by providing trust-free transactions and pooled security. So um, the pooled security and trust-free transactions are provided by the relay chain that uh, we can get into. And and then we have different parachains or different bridge chains that provide uh, varying functionality and uh, varying capabilities for the network. So, I mean, blockchain interoperability is a topic that we've covered at length here on the show. We've had uh, uh, Definity uh, on. Uh, we've talked about Cosmos. We've, all, we've also talked about uh, about Polkadot in a previous episode uh, about Mailinport, but where we spent a significant amount of time in Polkadot. And uh, the, the way you describe it is uh, what 
what's desirable is, um, or at least you know, from the standpoint of uh, of uh, a Polkadot, uh, is for blockchains to be able to interoperate. And so, uh, in this sense, uh, blockchains should be able to talk to each other in in some form or fashion, and that there is a, a, another sort of des- undesirable side effect of having multiple m- blockchains and multiple consensus models uh, operating on each of those blockchains independently, and that is that um, each of those blockchains need to secure uh, the data independently of each other, and we can't sort of pool resources or have um, sort of a, a global consensus mechanism as a service sort of thing. Uh, is, is that a good way of describing sort of the, the high-level thesis of Polkadot? Yeah, those are the, the, the two main points. And of course, lots of other things fall out of it. So um, of course, we could, you could argue that multiple chains give you scalability, but, but now this scalability actually makes sense because, uh, because you know, just adding new chains kind of scale, you know, just adds new, new entities rather than actually scales the, 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 the network, the, the single community. So um, I think I can, I, I can sort of see the, the value in having this sort of a consensus mechanism as a service, right? If you're going to have multiple blockchains and each of those blockchains might have different functionality, different features, um, even different types of users, and maybe we can get into some of that, right? Like, you know, this chain over here might be what you would consider a public blockchain while another chain might be restricted to some sort of consortium or something like that. Um, but in, in terms of interoperability, uh, you know, two blockchains talking to one another uh, or sending data or sending transactions from one another to one another. Uh, can you sort of talk about some of the applications where this would be desirable? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so of course we can we have a lot of capabilities, for instance, on on Ethereum, but uh, but uh, as we see, uh, for instance, uh, different chains being uh, made in uh, the energy sector, uh, uh, where uh, where there might be a a, a, a blockchain that uh, handles uh, trading of energy and and uh, has certain permissioning features. Uh, um, and so on, um, where, where that particular blockchain uh, right now cannot use that uh, different facilities that are there on the public chain. So, for instance, if there is a there is a certification um, algorithm uh, certification contract on the on the main chain, or there is uh, some token on the main chain, this uh, uh, this uh, this energy sector chain cannot make use of it and communication. Um, for instance, let's say you want to uh, you want to f- uh, pay for your uh, electric car with uh, with uh, with US dollars, and there is already a fully collateralized uh, token on the mainnet. Then you could, for instance, pay with that uh, with that token on the uh, on the on the energy sector chain as well. Or if there is a Zcash-like chain, uh, for instance, Zcash is great at providing privacy. But now we have uh, we have different uh, ICOs on the on the Ethereum chain, and people cannot leverage this privacy uh, for for Ethereum. Uh, with, with Polkadot, what we could have is a is a Zcash-like chain uh, that has those uh, privacy ch- features and a more general chain uh, like an Ethereum chain that co- uh, where there is a contract uh, that does an ICO and then if someone wants to uh, contribute uh, in an anonymous way, they could uh, um, uh, they could send a transaction which goes through the Zcash chain in order to anonymize 
uh, and then and goes into the um, into the sale contract uh, on the Ethereum like chain. Basically, anywhere where there are some uh, varying capabilities uh, on different parachains or different bridge chains, um, uh, you can uh, you can have one chain leverage the capabilities of the other chain uh, and vice versa. So you're using these words like relay chain and parachain. So just explain to us like the overall architecture of the Polkadot network. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, the Polkadot uh, network um, uh, uh, at its core uh, consists of uh, um, of the relay chain, uh, which is uh, uh, the chain that relays the messages and provides consensus uh, to all the different chains. Um, and then uh, there are parachains. And then often uh, what we also distinguish, which could be uh, a, uh, another type of parachain, uh, which are bridged chains. So chains that are independent, but yet are connected to the Polkadot, Polkadot network. So uh, parachains are, uh, uh, are fully reliant on the relay chain uh, for it to provide the consensus to them. So basically... Uh, they can have all sorts of different characteristics. They might be a Zcash-like parachain or Ethereum-like parachain or Tezos-like parachain or s- some other type of parachain. So those are the things that actually provide the functionality. Relay chain then holds them and uh, enables validators to, to know uh, how to validate those different chains and ensures that they can communicate with each other. And then there, there are those bridged, uh, bridged chains, so uh, connected via bridges, which, uh, which do not really rely on the, uh, on the Polkadot network to provide the consensus. So, for instance, something like Ethereum already has its own minor network and, uh, or something like Bitcoin, and it doesn't need any other consensus algorithm. It just needs uh, this ability to co- communicate. So in this case, uh, they are kind of less tightly coupled and they are also possible. Um, so those are the kind of main structural elements. And would, would there be an incentive or would it even be possible? I mean, out, outside of, um, you know, community and governance issues uh, to uh, port uh, uh, an existing chain like Bitcoin or Ethereum uh, to use the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Polkadot uh, sort of consensus as a service model? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so, uh, uh, Probably, probably uh, w- one of the f- first chains uh, uh, on the Polkadot network will be a, a probably a, 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 a probably a slightly different chain, which is also very general purpose. So it will be based on WebAssembly uh, rather than on EVM. But then, uh, but then also one of the first uh, parachains could be an Ethereum-like parachain, which is basically identical from the functional perspective to Ethereum. Uh, but is uh, kind of directly plugged into Polkadot. So uh, you could even take a state snapshot of the of the Ethereum network and uh, put it on um, on Polkadot. Um, uh, so um, and and of course one of the also one of the first bridges that that we are already working on uh, would be uh, connecting uh, would be connecting the actual Ethereum network to Polkadot. This episode of Epicenter is brought to you by Ledger, makers of the best hardware key security solution on the planet. But Ledger is more than just a hardware wallet. It's your path to eternal bliss and happiness and peacefulness. Do I look like I'm losing sleep? I am. 
But it's not because I'm worried about my cryptocurrency, my Bitcoin or my Ether, and that's because I use a ledger. Ledger devices support multiple cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ether, Zcash and more. And you can even secure your ERC, Ethereum tokens with them. Or you can add the security support from Ledger to some of the wallets you already love and use like Electrum, Copay, MyEther wallet and others. All your keys and segregated accounts are derived from one unique seed. Seeds are generated on the device and are never exposed to the host computer. So when you make a transaction, your ledger will present you with the details and kindly ask you for your confirmation before signing. How polite is that? So the best choice right now for anyone looking to invest in security is the Ledger Nano S. It's a keychain sized device that fits in your pocket. It has a screen and buttons and connects to your computer or Android phone using USB. Look, if you're holding crypto and you're storing your keys on your computer, on your phone, or worse, an exchange, you know that's a disaster waiting to happen. Don't be the person that loses their keys because they were careless with them. So don't wait any longer. Secure your Bitcoin, secure your Zcash, secure Ether. Go to ledgerwallet.com and get your Ledger Nano S today. We'd like to thank Ledger for their support of Epicenter. So like from the outside, it, it looks uh, so this description of there being like this central relay chain and then... There are, which is like you can think of it as a hub, and then these para chains, which are like the spokes of the network. Uh, like this, this sort of design pattern has occurred pre, like before in this space in the form of the idea of side chains, right? So even in side chains, uh, what a lot of proponents were saying is like there would be Bitcoin, which is like sort of a hub, and then there are these side chains, which would be like spokes. Uh, each of these side chains could have like different functionality, but then people could move like Bitcoin from the central chain to the side chain and then do some specialized transactions there, like anonymizing transactions, etc., and then go back to the main Bitcoin chain later. So, so in the in this case, the the main uh, like there is a few differences. Uh, first of all. Uh, uh, an important part is to, to make it very general. So basically any sort of data can be transferred between the chains. It's not only balances of tokens um, that, can be, uh, that can be moved across. Um, and second of all, uh, is, this, um, uh, is this validation and pooled security, which, uh, which makes it possible to, um, to f- like the, the validation of, the, of all the parachains is part of the, of the protocol itself, uh, uh, which is very important. Okay, so let's, let's sort of walk through how, how the, this validation would work. In order to, to build, to, to maintain the Polkadot network, there is a number of different uh, roles that have, have to be fulfilled. Uh, um, the, the relay chain is maintained, uh, maintained by the uh, validators primarily, which are heavily, uh, uh, heavily bonded uh, parties. Uh, they can, um, um, they can uh, gather stake from, from the community uh, in the form of nominators uh, in, uh, and they perform the active role in the, in the, uh, uh, in the relay chain consensus mechanism. But in order to be able to, to have uh, multiple uh, parachains uh, and support multiple parachains, there are, there are a few other roles. So there are also um, collators, and uh, collators uh, also perform a role uh, of a uh, fisherman, uh, which have been uh, 
something that has been mentioned uh, in Polkadot paper. Um, so, uh, so collators are basically responsible. They are a little bit as uh, like current miners. So they are responsible for uh, sitting on a particular chain, uh, gathering up the transactions, and then uh, and then uh, proposing uh, proposing blocks on that on that particular parachain. So um, then the uh, validators, uh, 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 when they are assigned to a particular uh, parachain, um, so on each on each uh, block of the relay chain, uh, a different group of validators gets assigned to a different parachain, and then they have to uh, receive the candidate blocks for from the collators, perform uh, validation, then broadcast and, uh, some statements, and then. Um, then the validators come together in order to uh, to canonicalize a set of uh, a set of parachain blocks uh, 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 on the on the relay chain. So there are validators uh, and collators are the main roles. Collators also do fishermaning, which is basically uh, looking at the at the at the, uh, at the uh, parachain blocks that get included and making sure that they are. Uh, uh, that they are valid and they are able to submit proofs of invalidity if that's not the case, uh, which can lead to to um, to, uh, to removing bonds, uh, um, and uh, and then validators also somewhat function as fishermen reporting uh, invalid actions in the consensus process, um, and um, yeah, and that's those are the the, the main roles uh, and basically because because. Uh, we can have lots of different parachains and with different different uh, state machines because uh, because the collators don't actually need to main they only need to maintain a, a node for that particular parachain and validators don't need to provide uh, don't need to run nodes for all the different parachains because they are getting light proofs so so basically um, state transition proofs from the collators which do not require them to maintain a database and and validate every single block on a particular part chain so we we are able to parallelize uh, this process of uh, of generating state transition proofs across all those different uh, collators which makes it possible to have lots of different chains in parallel basically but at the same time then then we come to the validators and in the end we end up with with a global consensus that enables us to then relay messages in a trustless way between uh, um, arbitrary data messages between the different chains. So in effect, you have the central chain, which is the relay chain. That chain has its own token. And that token is used for the selection of validators. Yeah, so that's a bonding token used for bonding and for governance of the, of the network. Of the network. So this, this central, to- central chain and central token is used for the selection of a party's uh, a set of parties that are going to validate not only the central chain but all of, all of these side chains or para chains right and now the i guess the central challenge here is when there's let's say like one central chain but there's like say 10 different para chains then uh, the problem for these validators is that they would if they want to validate all of these side chains then they would start to be full nodes to all of these chains and like listen that's to all not, of the that trans- scale that that doesn't scale yeah? and it listen to all of the transactions and compose blocks and stuff so in order to like remove this burden of being a full node on a, on all of these side chains 
uh, if I'm a validator on the main chain, I have this other group of parties that are called collators that will basically take away the burden of me needing to uh, have a full node, listen to transactions and compose blocks. Yeah, exactly. And and what validators have to do, so that, that is also can go into a little bit, uh, how would you add a new parachain? So so basically the relay chain uh, has, uh, has uh, if you want to add a new parachain, you need to write the state transition validation logic. So you basically write a, write a, write a little program that is able to validate proofs from a particular uh, parachain. And then uh, this this program is lit, uh, written uh, uh, compared to web WebAssembly, so uh, so it's a little program that every validator can run, so uh, and anyone can basically run it. And uh, they, they uh, given that program, and uh, uh, they can judge if a if a state transition proof that has been supplied by a collator is is valid or not. And uh, you know, in case of, for instance, in case of all blockchains, uh, because uh, the state machine is deterministic, uh, uh, we can we can uh, with absolute certainty say, you know, this this state transition proof is valid or not valid. So it just returns good or not good, and then validators from that know to um, you know how to treat it. Uh, is it uh, should they include it in the consensus process or not? So it will be a little bit like deploying, like a little bit like deploying a contract. Uh, now uh, a new parachain. So assume like I'm the validator of the main chain, right? Sebastian is another validator and like there's like 50, 50 of us and we have our own, you know, like full nodes of the main relay chain. And now you, now we have like 10 parachains and you are the collator of say parachain seven. So assuming let's say let's the, blo the block time is like two seconds or something, like two seconds later, you send me a block like saying, okay, According to you, this is the next block. Do I need to trust you in any way that? Uh... No, because uh, so so what I actually get so normally, uh, if I just get the block, then I wouldn't be able to judge if it's correct or not. What what really needs to be supplied is a state transition proof. So basically, uh, it's a like a light client proof. So it's basically. Uh, uh, tells you every uh, tells the collator everything they need to know all the parts of the state and whatever happened in order for the validator to judge it as correct or not. Um, so they don't need to trust uh, the collator at all in order to validate it. They just look on the relay chain, look up this logic for this particular parachain, execute this logic, and and then they see is it good or not good. But suppose let's say the block you send has like a hundred transactions. I do need to run all of these 100 transactions on my end. So I have the state of the ledger before these 100 transactions. And now you send me the block with these 100 transactions and the state after executing these 100 transactions. Only, we need the to relevant, only the relevant state to, to your execution, yeah. But I do need to run all of these transactions myself as a validator in order to be sure that this block is valid. Yeah, but but uh, what I don't need to do is uh, I don't need to do it for every single block. I can be just kind of randomly picked. Oh, now now at this block you you are tasked with with checking this proof, and I don't need to know anything. The only thing I need to know is uh, uh, be provided this uh, 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 this proof in order to check it. So so now like once I get once I get one of these blocks from you, like uh, and I and I. 
and I've sort of verified that that block is correct or in the second case maybe trusted that that block is correct so when I'm choosing blocks randomly for checking I'm trusting you for some blocks and in some other blocks I'm actually verifying then I as a validator I take that block and with the other group of validators I sort of finalize that block on behalf of yeah exactly so so, so th there is two types of statements that are broadcasted on the network. One type of statement is validity statement. So basically a validator says, yeah, I, I got this block and I, I verified it and I say it's valid. And of course, if someone then says sees it's invalid, then it can be easily proven and then they can be penalized. So it's very important for the validators to make sure that the statements they make are, are actually uh, good, valid. Uh, and then, uh, and then another type of statement is ju just I've seen this block. It's uh, it's floating around. It's available to me, and uh, this kind of uh, this kind kind of uh, tells other validators uh, which blocks, uh, which valid blocks they might want to prefer to other valid blocks uh, because uh, because they are kind of more more validators are claiming that it's actually available and it's actually floating around the around the network. Uh, and given those two criteria, then uh, then whoever is assigned uh, to be a primary or, or proposer on this uh, on the relay chain is able to to then assemble this uh, this list of of parachain blocks that should be uh, that should be included. Uh, and then and then once that's done, then a normal kind of consensus process can um, can continue from there. Okay. Okay. So, in effect, what it is, what this is allowing you to do is like for the for us, the set of validators of the main chain, it is allowing us to leverage the effect efforts of all of these collators in order to give like scalability to the system. Yeah, exactly. A, a, it enables us to parallelize uh, uh, this uh, uh, this this state uh, construction. It, it does it does enable certain level of of scalability. Uh, which is definitely beyond something that uh, that we have right now and will have for a while, uh, but uh, but we we are thinking about about uh, doing things such as second order relay chains. So basically, uh, para chains which function as relay chains, which enable us to uh, uh, parallelize the action even uh, more uh, of the protocol. So then um, uh, you, you could have even more scalability out of that. Uh, um, but uh, that's uh, that's a difficult topic. So, so let's talk about scalability a little bit. Um, in, in the white paper you mentioned, and this is sort of one of the uh, the core premises of, uh, of Polkadot, is that um, in order to achieve scalability, uh, one of the one of the ways that we can do that is to separate consensus uh, and the state change or validity. Uh, can you explain why a blockchain that um, combines those two? Uh, functionalities uh, is is unable to scale in your opinion. There there is two things. So uh, when when uh, we uh, when we run a blockchain, uh, the the primary concern is for all the state transition to be to be valid. So we don't want any any transaction that came out, come out of zero balance accounts and things like that uh, to be in our chain. Uh, but but given given the state transition rules, we still can have a large number of different uh, uh, chains. Um, so uh, 
then once we once we have this uh, large family of different possible histories, we need to choose just a single history out of all of those, and then this is you can call it canonicalization or or coming to consensus over the state of the network or over the chain, and uh, and basically. Uh, that the thing is that validity of a particular blockchain is uh, is uh, uh, completely objective. So uh, to 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 a certain uh, degree, uh, uh, because because uh, um, given given a particular implementation that that can check if a, if a, if a, if a blockchain is valid, it will always give give the same output. There there can be no disagreement, and if there is disagreement, then it can be proven. That uh, uh, like who is the, the misbehaving party basically, or who is who is the party that is not uh, not following uh, the protocol? Um, so so this validity checking can be comp- like it can be done by as many people as as uh, as we want, and they can be all providing us with lots of information about this validity. And the second thing is picking among all those valid solutions um, is. Uh, 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 which which uh, has to be done in some uh, in um, in uh, by communicating between uh, communication between different parties. So, for instance, a consensus uh, algorithm such as you know, Tendermint or PBFT requires lots of lots of uh, a few rounds of communication between different nodes in order to figure out what is the canonical chain. Or even with uh, with uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum, you could argue that the confirmation time is basically the time for uh, for for the network to agree on a particular chain because basically with every issued block a, a particular miner communicates to other people that they trust the chain that is below that block or they think it's uh, uh, canonical that chain below that block so basically uh, uh, by splitting splitting uh, the two and not not trying to have everyone that is participating in the consensus also validating stuff and the other way around also not everyone validating having to per- participate in consensus we can we can have this tight group of people that can actually communicate because the communication scales pretty badly but a much larger group of people that validate stuff so in this case, all the collators are looking at all the blocks on all the different parachains and checking their validity. While while you you have a smaller group of validators that are only responsible for doing the actual communication and validation, which scales pretty badly to to large numbers. Okay, and so talking about so things in a in a more practical sense in a polka dot world. So let's let's imagine uh, say like. You know, in five to ten years from now, uh, you know, Polkadot is a mass- massively successful network. There are, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of, of parachains uh, you know, using the Polkadot consensus and and validators validating transactions from those parachains. Uh, you know, Bitcoin ported over, and now Bitcoin is using that consensus. Um, and uh, you know, we can wishful thinking, right? Um, yeah. Now, so what what would that look like in, in in practice? Who would so where where would the you know say the Bitcoin blockchain? Where would the blocks be stored? The transactions would they be stored with the parachain users, or uh, are the validators, or perhaps uh, or perhaps the uh, the collators storing uh, the the finality the the blocks? Yeah, so mo- most users would actually uh, have clients uh, that synchronize the, the relay chain. 
And then if they want to look at any sort of information or want to want to submit transaction on the transactions on the parachain, there will be a light client um, uh, protocol that will enable them to fetch their relevant bits that kind of hang off of their relay chain. Um, so uh, they would they would be able to access all the different parachains at the same time. But uh, but actually, who would be providing the full notes on all the different uh, parachains? It would be the uh, the collators. So um, for them, it is necessary in order to provide uh, uh, to provide uh, valid state transition proofs. It's necessary for them to maintain state and and uh, also maintain potentially history um, of that uh, of that uh, uh, parachain. So they they would be you know. They they could be providing both the proofs and, and the, uh, for 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 users and for the validators. Okay, so the collators that are sort of sitting um, that are uh, that have full nodes uh, are 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 relaying blocks and sort of storing the blockchain um, for that parachain. So that, yeah. for instance, like the Bitcoin blockchain users don't have to store like the you know the the like Polkadot Ethereum implementation and the validators. In the in the the network, uh, don't have to store everything from all of the different parachains that are on. Yeah, Polkadot. they don't have to store anything. They just listen to to network messages, uh, do some computation, and reply to those messages. Okay. Or broadcast. And what is the incentive for the collator? So I, I can, can you talk about the incentive mechanisms for validators, uh, collators, uh, the nominators, like all, all the different participants? Uh, do they all hold staking tokens? Do they all stake something or? Yeah, so a lot of it is uh, actually pretty flexible in the in the protocol. So, uh, for instance, when we think about uh, uh, when we think about uh, why would why would the validators decide to add a parachain or not? Well, one of the reasons might be because simply this parachain provides uh, some utility uh, to the to the network as a whole, and because uh, they. Uh, uh, they hold a lot of stake in the in the network, and they use it uh, potentially as well. Uh, you know, they won't just want to add that parachain, or maybe maybe the parachain uh, proposes a one-off uh, fee uh, to the to the uh, validators for for adding it, uh, or or any other, or maybe some sort of sharing of the transaction fees uh, that are happening on that particular parachain. So, so a mechanism kind of for for reward can be. Um, can be uh, can be anything uh, for for validators. Uh, uh, thanks to the fact that they are staking, they, their their uh, their uh, dot uh, tokens are not getting diluted uh, on the network. So that's the that's the primary thing. Uh, and um, and then uh, there might be some additional mechanisms where where they are able to actually manage uh, some of the uh, some of the issuance uh, of the of the token on the relay chain uh, as well for the validators. Um, and and of course they are penalized for for uh, for invalid actions as it is usual in proof of stake. Uh, for collators, uh, it can also uh, uh, vary. Like uh, uh, most of the time, uh, uh, they will most likely be rewarded with the with the transaction fees uh, because they are the ones to include or not include transactions. So so they are the ones that should be you know at least through through that the rewards will be going through them for the transactions so just like miners uh, um, but but they could be provided also additional uh, additional rewards especially because they maintain full nodes on the on the parachain uh, they will be provided services to light clients and and uh, and other things like that uh, and uh, 
As for the stake, uh, uh, it it might be that that the validators, because they do want to have, uh, they don't want to have any valid proof, uh, invalid proofs being provided. They can either make use of a reputation system, or they might actually require uh, the collator to uh, to uh, to hold some uh, some stake uh, in them or or in the network as a whole in order to to uh, to be considered as a as a collator. So uh, regarding all of these incentive structures, so my impression is like like one of the things that seems to be lacking in the Polkadot paper is. Uh, a very defined incentive model, right? So, what what is the current state for for these incentive incentive structures? Are you going to propose like one uh, one particular incentive structure, or are you going to leave it open for the market to discover? What I mean here is like, for example, the incentive structure for collators. This sort of seems quite quite open at at, at this time. There will be definitely needs to be there. There needs to be at least uh, one uh, one incentive mechanism. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, um, well, I think I think a reasonable one is to have uh, collators uh, to be uh, to be given the transaction fees. Uh, the validators simply be uh, be the ones that uh, um, uh, that that receive the issuance on the on the on the relay chain and. That's the that's the simplest thing, and of course, any sort of fisherman or uh, invalidity proof submission uh, is uh, f- first of all it requires a small uh, small bond to be submitted so that uh, you cannot spam the network with invalidity proofs, and then there is a large reward for uh, for providing any uh, any uh, any proof uh, of invalidity. And those are those are that's a kind of simple scheme. I'm just saying that it's. Uh, it's important uh, just as the consensus uh, mechanism, uh, state validation. Um, uh, it's also important to leave uh, leave the incentivization open because uh, we want to keep it fairly um, fairly minimal. What sort of things are specified and imposed by the protocol, so that it's flexible and can adapt into the future and uh, only specifies the the bare minimum of things. But of course. Uh, we need to we need to have at least one set of uh, uh, kind of you know one, at least one parachain so anyone someone can at least use it at least one um, incentivization mechanism so yeah the the one that I mentioned is uh, a, a good contender. This episode is brought to you by Shapeshift, the world's leading trustless digital asset exchange. Quickly swap between dozens of leading cryptocurrencies including Bitcoin, Ether, Zcash, Gnosis, Monero, Golem, Augur, and so many more. When you go to shapeshift.io, you simply select your currency pair, give them your receiving address, send the coins, and boom. Shapeshift is not your traditional cryptocurrency exchange. You don't need to create an account. You don't need to give them your personal information and they don't hold your coins. So you are never at risk from a hacker or other malicious actor. Shapeshift has competitive rates and is even integrated in some of your favorite wallet apps like Jax. So you can swap your digital assets directly within your wallet just as easily as putting on your slippers. Whenever you see that good looking fox, you know that's where Shapeshift is. So to get started, visit shapeshift.io and start trading. And we'd like to thank Shapeshift for their support of Epicenter. Can you talk about the consensus algorithm in uh, Polkadot? Uh, what, which consensus algorithm will you, you be using? Is it uh, sort of an off-the-shelf uh, algorithm or something that you've developed internally? Uh, 
So, um, so really, in uh, in parity, it's uh, the, the 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 consensus is uh, there is a pretty good abstraction or division between between the state machine and the consensus uh, mechanism. So, so it's pretty easy to to swap out what what kind of consensus is being used in a particular situation. We, we are still going back and forth uh, between uh, something uh, something that requires. Uh, uh, more uh, messaging and and has more of an instant finality, so something like uh, PBFT, um, and and something that is a bit more uh, uh, delayed in finality, or you could say as asynchronous in some way, where 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 actually blocks can be released uh, released. Um, uh, uh, just as in proof of work, uh, sequentially, and then and then after a while, um, after a while, uh, the particular chain becomes final, uh, given the blocks that have been issued on top of that particular chain, which makes it possible to have much less communication between the nodes, but at the same time delays the uh, finality. So, so the, I think that the consensus that we are uh, converging on now is is a is a um, is it a consensus where um, a bit similar again to something like proof of work, or maybe you're familiar with Aura consensus uh, that is implemented in parity, where uh, where um, where their their blocks are being issued without any ne- negotiation between validators, but then uh, but then uh, f- uh, as the as the blockchain grows, uh, uh, validators can issue uh, uh, can sign off on particular chains ahead of time. So. So normally they would only sign off once the once the new they release a block on that particular chain by and kind of confirm that this chain is good that I'm building on. But now they will be also in addition to that uh, be able to issue some statements about about the chain to kind of finalize it ahead of time. So it will be kind of optimistically releasing blocks and then trying to also uh, as soon as possible finalize them. So in some cases, the finalization will take a bit longer or a bit shorter, but you'll be always sure that once it's finalized, it's finalized. Um, So no probabilistic finality like in proof of work, Uh, but at the same time, less work to be done than with something like Tendermint where you need to have two rounds of, of messaging in order to agree on a block before it's being released. So is this another version of practical Byzantine fault tolerance or is it like a completely different consensus mechanism? It's it's different since all of the practical Byzantine fault tolerance uh, stuff uh, always uh, kind of, it's always instant finality. So basically, you know, every, every block is treated as a separate uh, kind of consensus issue. Uh, uh, rather than uh, something like Nakamoto consensus, where you you know uh, really the whole chain is treated as a as a kind of eventual uh, consensus issue. So so it kind of draws from the from both of those things uh, by kind of uh, achieving finality only once the once the kind of traditional BFT conditions are met, but at the same time being a little bit more lenient in a way such as Nakamoto consensus is by allowing blocks to be built, uh, um, you know, without, without having to agree on every single block ahead of time. Can you repeat the name of this consensus algorithm? It's not, uh, f- f- not named anything. So it's a, so you can have a look at Aura, which is, uh, uh, in, in parity right now. And then you can look at, uh, 
VFT. And, uh, you know, so I'm working on uh, prototyping it uh, uh, right now and, and, you know, we'll be releasing more uh, information, hopefully getting the community involved in some of the research work as well. Okay, so Polkadot, the project is inventing both a new consensus mechanism and a mechanism for... So that, that might not be actually the case. We could, we could, uh, you know, it could be start working uh, straight away with something like Tendermint or with something, you know, like our, we just, just want to make it, you know, as good as possible. And if we think there is some uh, kind of nice way to, to, to improve it and we will, will uh, uh, the, the way it will be built, it will be upgradable. So again, this is just one example strategy that, that we are providing for the for the validators to communicate with each other, while actually the 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 mechanism will be described in in the uh, in the logic that is on the relay chain that can be changed as the time goes on. So it's a little bit maybe uh, yeah akin to what uh, um, yeah I feel like definitely something like Casper uh, for instance uh, also also. Um, the, uh, the aim is to have it implemented as contracts. So once the uh, Polkadot network is launched, I guess the assumption is that uh, there will be developers that will want to um, build parachains for uh, on top of Polkadot. So for instance, one could imagine a Zcash implementation on Polkadot, uh, an Ethereum implementation on Polkadot, um, or even any type of blockchain, really. Uh, now, would it be possible, and how would this work, if uh, Bitcoin or or the ex- the existing Ethereum blockchain or the existing Zcash blockchain uh, would want to interact and transact with these um, sort of natively compatible Polkadot uh, relay chains or, or parachains? Sorry. So there is uh, the, for the existing chains, uh, uh, there, there will be those bridges, uh, as uh, uh, f- which I was talking about before, and uh, they uh, each each bridge is will be a bit different for for each uh, for each kind of existing chain. Uh, there they will have a number of similarities, uh, but but each chain can be has to be treated separately, um, and. Basically, for for Ethereum, it will be fairly straightforward. Um, so um, there will be a particular contract on the Ethereum network that that will be like a bre- breakout contract, which enables uh, uh, Ethereum um, contracts to issue messages onto the Polkadot network and then communicate with with other with parachains on the Polkadot network. Um, with uh, with Bitcoin, it will require some protocol alterations. So, in particular, Schnorr signatures, uh, which are actually on the roadmap of, of the of the Bitcoin project. So, uh, so it might be that um, that they will be implemented um, for other chains. Um, yeah, it all, all depends on the particular chain, what sort of capabilities uh, it has. Uh, but uh, but there will be usually some some um, account or a contract that enables you um, to, uh, to to issue messages out of that parachain, and then the messages that are being received will be injected as simply as, as transactions into that uh, particular parachain. So any other parachain will be able to construct a a transaction that then uh, is uh, issued uh, on that parachain. And of course, you know, another way is just to simply uh, 
you know, we've been speaking with Zcash company to, to for instance, implement a uh, implement a, a parachain with with similar capabilities uh, uh, that is more tightly coupled with Polkadot. Uh, so then, you know, you can leverage the same functionality if you are not actually very tied to uh, to to some that independent chain. So what, I was thinking about something earlier, and I, I want to bring it up at, at this point, and that is sort of the the economic um, the economics at play in in blockchains. And so if if you think about um, the the network effects that are required for uh, a blockchain to be successful. Um, that is very much dependent on that blockchain sort of living in a silo as opposed to another one. So you know, if Bitcoin is very successful, it's because a lot of people are using it. Uh, there is a security model that is uh, that is robust and that is trusted, and people are building applications and businesses and things on top of that. And that's very, very much true for Ethereum as well. And and they sort of compete in their own in their separate silos. But as soon as you create an interoperability layer, um, my my feeling is that some of those assumptions kind of go away. So if all of a sudden we have uh, a, a, an Ethereum implementation on Polkadot, and that impl- implementation provides the exact same features as Ethereum, and all of these blockchains can interact with each other, that there would be some um, consequences to sort of how we perceive the value of these of these blockchains. I'd want to, I want to know if you if you if you thought about this or if if you agree with this and you know how do you think this new ecosystem will play out? Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. Uh, like a lot of a lot of uh, momentum behind the blockchain space is uh, due to those effects. Uh, I think I think of course there will be one effect uh, which is you know the, the relay chain by itself doesn't have any functionality, so really. Uh, you know, uh, ability, adding the, uh, the the capabilities of the different parachain will uh, will make people want to use Polkadot and will make it kind of uh, uh, you know the Polkadot itself will be will become something something that is uh, uh, that is uh, interesting to people and uh, and uh, they want to potentially get involved with so so. Uh, 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 that just the community will be much bigger. It will consist of lots of sub communities that kind of all try to try to uh, work on this kind of common uh, network. Um, hopefully, uh, f- f- the the other thing is that uh, um, I think I think it's true of, of many different uh, industries and and uh, and uh, many different issues, uh, kind of many different projects uh, in the world in general where. You know, of course, by uh, by opening yourself up, you do give uh, give up some stuff. But at the same time, you are able to leverage. If there is a group of people, it's like prisoners' uh, dilemma, or in general, some game theoretic dilemma, where you have a group of people that open themselves up. Then, then the sum of all those uh, all those different things is uh, hopefully much bigger than the, than any single one of those things. So, so. In general, I think I think uh, hopefully Polkadot will kind of un- unlock this and 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 uh, and make everyone better off uh, by being part of the of the network, both from the functionality perspective. You know, it will still like on Ethereum a lot of a lot of the uh, the tokens that are being issued don't create actually a new blockchain. The, right now, they create different platforms that are running on top of the blockchain. You know, uh, you. Uh, 
there you don't really need all those kind of fundamental different protocols and it's yet to you know it's yet to be seen how much utility is um uh you know up to a certain case uh, this this incentives incentive will be there in the early days but once one once uh, we uh we need to have some applications on the particular parachain then um then then maybe some of those uh, completely separate chains will fall flat uh, and and won't be actually delivered much while while Polkadot will be hopefully very fully featured and able to provide everything that is needed for someone to build a good decentralized application so uh, one question i had is on a on a high level um like Polkadot seems to be like part of this this uh, this this next wave of blockchain protocols, which can be called like internet of blockchains in some form, right? Like like many different blockchains interoperating in some way, you know, and giving like function like a total set of functionalities much bigger than current blockchains can ever give. So another another project in this space is Cosmos, right? So like tell us how Polkadot and Cosmos are different. Yeah, for sure. So so first of all, uh, I, I think that that, that, that uh, kind of from a more general perspective, Polkadot is uh, designed to be pretty low level, very uh, generic. So uh, so one uh, one outcome of that is that uh, that the transactions that can be relayed between different chains uh, can contain any sort of data. They are not limited to just token transfers uh, and um, it's very important for us not to not to make that uh, not to impose that it's supposed to be only tokens. We we already see some certification contracts, let's say, or um, or or maybe some identity services popping up, and although all of those require general data transfer, and we'll see what comes out later. So so the f- kind of general messaging focus uh, is something that Pol- Pol- Polkadot uh, brings in. Second of all. Uh, this this ability uh, um, to have basically any sort of so so there are two things are linked uh, different state machines and the pooled security so um, so uh, something like um, uh, Cosmos that uh, uh, it does connect different chains together but each of the chains has to run its own consensus mechanism. Uh, potentially uh, have its own uh, stake uh, set of stakers that are securing that chain so if you want to if you want to run a new chain then uh, then you it can be a bit of a hassle you need to gather a whole community um, around it and only then it will be secured um, with polkadot you the only thing it's uh, you can just persuade the rest of the, uh, the the existing polkadot community that actually this state machine brings some utility to the table and then it's a little bit like deploying a contract. So you just you just put this logic up there, and then it just becomes magically a, a new uh, a new chain, uh, and then it's secured with all of the whole force of the of the of the whole stake of the of the Polkadot network. Um, so so this brings you know the ability to innovate much easier, uh, iterate on on the different state machines and so on. Um, so I think those are the two main differences, kind of uh, pull, pull security and those more general transactions. So it, this means like if in the future there's both like Cosmos and Polkadot working? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, 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 
if if now I mean like if I'm thinking in, in from the perspective of like an investor that's taking a bet, right? So in in Cosmos, sort of the, the kind of bet you're taking is that there will be like many successful coins. And because there are many successful coins, there can be like many successful blockchains, each very secure. And then you can move these coins around in the Cosmos system. Whereas like with Polkadot, you're taking a more a bet on the other kind of future in which you're saying there may not be a lot of big successful coins. There might be just a few like, like the dot coin might be very massive market cap. And you don't need other coins to have big market cap. So the DOT token can have a huge market cap and it itself can secure a lot of different chains together. So for instance, uh, in, in the case, of, in the case of, 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 uh, of Cosmos, you don't necessarily need to have new tokens for, for each chain. Uh, it, uh, you know, there can be any sort of tokens uh, uh, and, and existing tokens can be used for securing different chains. It's just that uh, it's more about uh, gathering the communities together, and the same for, on the other hand, for Polkadot, you could have, uh, you could also have multiple tokens and potentially multiple protocols uh, as well uh, interacting with each other, and where uh, or on different parachains, you you also make a new native token with each parachain that you deploy, and in order to pay for computation on that parachain, you need to have that 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 token, which is basically like deploying an Ethereum chain, right? Uh, of, of, with with the token where you need to pay for smart contracts, right? So so you could also have lots of different tokens um, on 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 Polkadot. So I think I think um, it's just. Uh, um, I would characterize this uh, cosmos focus on maybe more more of a very particular problem and and um, uh, uh, like it's I think I think it's uh, very uh, it's very good to, to kind of have a good solution for this particular uh, problem of, of a token exchange or on independent tender min chains uh, and and you know it can it can work with the polkadot network as well but uh, but uh, I think it's important to, to for for Polkadot to be generic and provide at least uh, um, similar functionality as well. But but um, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I think, but but it will be definitely that the two the two networks can interact with each other and uh, and both can support different tokens. So th- these are not the only uh, projects that are aiming for blockchain interoperability. There are others, and I, I presume that there will be more. Uh, projects uh, uh, trying to achieve this, you know, this sort of uh, um, high-level blockchain interoperability, right? So this this idea of uh, Internet of Blockchains, as Mayor was referring to earlier. Yeah, what what do you think the ecosystem looks like in in the in the future? Uh, do you do you envision a future where there is one blockchain of blockchains, uh, you know, similar to like the internet? We have one internet network that is, you know. That's predominant and that has that has the monopoly, uh, or do you see an ecosystem where there are multiple blockchains of blockchain of blockchains um, running, you know, different types of networks with different types of characteristics? And we haven't even talked about you know, like consortium chains and you know in this in this context and how they would uh, interact with these types of blockchain of blockchains, right? Like a polka dot. Yeah. Uh, what yeah, what we do you see talk in the future? About consortium chains as well, but. Uh, um I think I think so. What is important for for the Polkadot project is to enable 
basically enable as much as possible, and then it will be up to up to the community that that uses um, the technology to to decide how they want to use it. So, um, so it certainly can be uh, it can evolve in such a way that that there is. Uh, uh, this this uh, this top level relay chain, and then there are those uh, lower order relay chains uh, in the Polkadot network, and it's kind of all all kind of ends up in a one one huge clump uh, um, that is very distributed and very parallelized, but at the same time can all kind of is under the same umbrella of Polkadot, and this is certainly seems to uh, make a lot of sense if we are able to nail down this uh, extensibility, so so varying state machines so that everyone can do their own thing and this parallel validation so that we don't, you know, there is no kind of bottleneck to this to the scalability. Um, but at the same time, uh, because because you can, you can bridge uh, other chains to Polkadot, which are kind of independent, you could have potentially other chains that also communicate with Polkadot, but are more independent. Uh, and this is something, uh, this is a case with, uh, uh, with something like consortium chains where, where consortium might want to, uh, might want to uh, rely on the, might want to make use of the communication with other chains. They might not want to have anything to do with any tokens or anything like that, but they still might want to use some, some information from the relay chain, like identity, um, uh, uh, and they might want to sometimes outsource the consensus algorithm, but they might want to have an option to always step out and use their own kind of uh, set of authorities uh, to maintain the chain. And Polkadot, Polkadot should support uh, this sort of stepping in and out and 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 uh, being connected while separated and potentially, you know, if the community you know, thinks it's right. Maybe, maybe have another relay chain that is connected as a bridge to to, to this relay chain and lots of other things. So I think what Polkadot enables is it enables this sort of more tightly knit community uh, uh, that is very extensible and very kind of evolvable. But at the same time, you know, I don't think it imposes uh, it imposes this sort of uh, framework. I think it will be very interesting to see, and I I I think we haven't seen just that much of this. Uh, single extensible network type of thing before, so uh, and we see, we see a lot of potential for it uh, for, in terms of use cases, uh, consortium and, and public chains. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely if, if we look at the recent history, uh, I think it would be uh, difficult to see a future in which there is one, you know, one internet of one internet of blockchains uh, blockchain. Um, that is sort of running the consensus for every single one. I mean, uh, you know, just look at what's happening in, in, in Bitcoin and what happened earlier with Ethereum and uh, and the the, the 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 communities that are you know divided uh, uh, about you know sort of meaning not meaningless topics but pretty trivial topics sometimes. So um, yeah, but this sort of discussion can also like we are think uh, pretty early stages. I think uh, a lot of a lot of this disagreement. Could stay there, but it could be at the lower levels in the stack, so to say. So people might stop being concerned about some kind of, uh, uh, or actually might stop being concerned about some low-level things in the stack, and actually be pretty happy with the utilities that are being provided, and and slowly evolve some of them. I don't know, like uh, you know, T 
TCP/IP or some kind of low-level protocol, but then, but then still, you know, uh, have wars about some, you know, so what how the state machine should be changed or like where you should migrate your stuff and like all sorts of other things. So I think we'll see how the whole space evolves. I think we are early with maybe maybe it is the case that that it will kind of coalesce in at one layer on that. You're very optimistic because I can see you know the people you know that like people in the communities. Definitely fighting over things like and you know like low level functionality, um, but you know we'll I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, let's put our let's not put our money on that. Um, so let's let's uh, briefly talk about the the Web three Foundation. Uh, so we mentioned earlier you're a council member there. Can you talk about the Web three Foundation uh, and what its goal is as uh, with regards to uh, Polkadot? Yeah, absolutely. So so with with Polkadot, we want to make sure. Uh, uh, that that uh, the, the wider community uh, is uh, uh, is being built around it, and uh, and Polkadot is just one part of the of the wider Web three uh, vision idea, uh, and and by it, by itself it won't enable people to build uh, decentralized applications uh, that are very useful. I think it will provide uh, uh, some use, a useful tool, but, but it won't provide everything. So, so the Web3 Foundation um, has been established to, to, um, to promote and support uh, the development of different Web3 technologies. So the first project is, is Polkadot, uh, um, and, but there is a number of different uh, projects. We are looking at a project called Matrix for, for uh, distributed uh, uh, messaging and then, uh, of course, Whisper, Swarm and potentially other technologies uh, later down the line and, and supporting different uh, groups. So the foundation itself won't be doing any of the work. It will be just supporting um, external groups that... Uh, um, that do the work. There will be a technical council in the foundation to kind of figure out what what are the good things to pursue, what the uh, research, what kind of research should be done. So there will be a bit of research done at the Web three Foundation that supports all the people that implement stuff, but also also research will be funded at universities uh, that uh, that contributes to the you know to the to the work that the people that implement stuff are doing because often as we found for instance at parity uh, we don't have that much time to to research stuff and it would be great to kind of uh, point someone in the direction or we are curious about that and then someone do, do a, a bit of research that then we can leverage to build some cool technology for people to build on top of um, so that's the Web3 Foundation, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be we'll be uh, um, talking more about it and, and have some more information available about it uh, as the time goes on. And I presume that at some point there will also be uh, some sort of funding uh, period. Do you can you just not not to go into details, but can you tell us about when that 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 will be? Yeah, so we are planning to uh, we are planning to do it. Um, uh, like hopefully in the in the in the next month uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, but um, but uh, basically it will be uh, it will be related to the Polkadot project. Uh, there will be the the dots uh, which are the staking token in the Polkadot network will be distributed. Uh, and um, if you go to polkadot.network, um, you can see a bit more information about it, and you can subscribe yourself to kind of keep posted. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, most of the, most of the tokens will be, uh, distributed and, uh, f- 
fund the development of, of Polkadot, uh, but also of, uh, of some of the other uh, projects uh, supported by the Web3 Foundation. So where can people find you? Where can the community sort of gather around uh, Web3 and Polkadot? Yeah, so um, so we are looking out for uh, different uh, different types of uh, uh, community members. So definitely people that are working on new blockchains uh, uh, reach out. We would be very interested to uh, to kind of think how we could uh, work together to to make your chain uh, part of the of the Polkadot network. Um, you can uh, reach out to me. Uh, uh, at uh, Peter at uh, web3.foundation um, or uh, 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 go to, uh, to the channel uh, on polkadot.network uh, where, uh, where most of the team uh, hang out, uh, hangs out. Um, or if you if you are just uh, if you are more interested in the technical side of things and and actual Polkadot implementation, have a look at uh, Polkadot.io. It's a separate website which deals more with the with the current uh, progress of the project. Uh, it outlines the roadmap uh, and uh, and um, and also there is a link to a more technical chat about the paper and the protocol economics and so on. All right. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a fascinating discussion about Polkadot. We'll be looking forward to hearing more about that network in the future. And then hopefully, you know, uh, it'll be very successful and uh, a lot of different pair chains will come out of that. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, when I mean, we didn't really get to talk about this very much, but I'm looking forward to seeing how this can be used uh, or leveraged as a as a, a general consensus uh, as a service for, you know, things like enterprise chains and, and consortium chains and things like that. So looking forward to hearing more about Polkadot and uh, good luck on the, on the funding. All right. Thanks. And thank you to our listeners for once again tuning in. We are part of Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. You can find this show and lots of other great shows at letstalkbitcoin.com. If you want to support us, there's lots of ways you can do that. You can leave us a tip. The tipping address will be in the show description. And you can also uh, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, uh, Stitcher, or anywhere else. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.